Welcome to Scale School, my friends. I'm Dan Bolton, and my purpose here is simple. I wanna help you increase the scalability of your coaching or consulting business so as it gets bigger, life gets better. Here we will be talking everything from getting clients, keeping clients, teams, leadership, but most importantly, making scaling simple and fun again. Thanks so much for tuning in and I hope you get a ton out of today's episode. Part one, seven figure value creator training. Extremely excited to share this. So let me take you back for a moment. For some of you, firstly, what we're gonna cover in these sessions might be recap. Right, you might be going, Dan, I already know this. If I've learned anything from Alex Omozi, it's one of my all-time favorite lines, which is we need to be reminded more than we need to be taught. Right, so oftentimes it's not about the new fresh idea that's like, whoa, I've never heard of this before. Sometimes it's the same truth. The older I get, the more I realize that love is the most important thing, right? But I've heard that a lot. But cliches exist because they're true. And oftentimes we have to hear things often and, and frequently um, for them to become true for us. And so the goal here is not for me to blow your minds with like 75 new ideas where you're like, Dan is so smart. What I wanna do is share what has been true for me over the last few years. And so I wanna dive in by starting um, and just kind of recapping some of the journey. So for many of you who know, um, I was a youth pastor for a very long time. Represent, right? And, um, and uh, that was me, so I'm 32 right now. No, that's a lie, I turned 33. Uh, two weeks ago, last week, <laughs> it's on 33. But from 18 to 28, uh, I was a youth pastor. And then in 2018, felt the call, felt the shift to transition into, or, or more so felt the, the call and transition to transition out of uh, what I was doing. And I was stepping into the unknown. And so that first business that I started in April, 2018 was an everything for everyone business. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Ty Lopez. Um, but I was going through Ty Lopez social media marketing agency. I was going through Sam Ovens Consulting Accelerator. And I started out with what I would like to call the shotgun approach, right? I was everything for everybody. I was building websites for a building company, running ads for a vehicle financing place. I was managing social media for a grocery store. I was coaching a real estate agent. I was coaching an online personal trainer. And, and I was just trying to get my skin in the game, get some uh, experience. And over that next year, we then refined the agency. We've became a one person, one problem type agency. And then in 2020, there was a fateful day where we had scaled to the mythical 100K a month. They thought I had made it as an entrepreneur and um, our agency was hacked. So get this, right? We have a team of people from all around the world running this agency and someone on the team who shall not be named, did not have two-factor authentication on. And so someone from Vietnam got through that person's personal profile and basically hacked all of our client accounts. And uh, you had to laugh at the time because of all the things that they could hack and spend money on, they were spending thousands of our clients' dollars on promoting fake Calvin Klein's in Vietnam. And so I'm sitting there like half smiling, half crying as I'm watching being locked out of the client ad accounts where ad, ad daily ad budgets are being raised into the thousands. And long story short, over the next 30 days between ad spends that we had to refund clients, between ad accounts that got shut down where clients had to, where clients ended up leaving us. They were like, we understand, but this still sucks, we're out. And then we had to credit everyone's billing cycle for every day that the ad account was down. That cost me $100,000 cash. So it's one of those lessons where you go, is there a better way to do this? Is there, is this really what I wanna do, right? We all have those seasons and moments in life where the test comes and you have to ask yourself, is this test worth the sacrifice or is this journey worth the sacrifice that I'm making? And at that time, I was not doing my life's work. And I don't know about you right now, 
and how you think about the business that you're in. Maybe you're in a transitionary period where you're kind of like just doing stuff to pay the bills and you feel like you're not really doing what you're made to do. For me at that time, in fact, if I even look back to 2018, because this all happened in 2020. When I look back to 2018, uh, I literally wrote down, right? Isn't this so interesting how we intuitively can know these things? I intuitively wrote down, I do not want to build a seven-figure agency, right? That is not who I am, not what I want to do. I want to coach people. But against my own judgment, I built the seven-figure agency. And so this, this whole test comes about. And I remember at that time just realizing this is not what I want to do with my life. And so in June, July of 2020, the agency gets hacked, we lose a bunch of money, but that put me on the path to kind of launch what I'm, I'm doing all these years later. I was like, I'm gonna launch a coaching program. And at the time, I launched this thing called the High Ticket Club, right? And, I've, and if, if any of you have been around in my world for a while, you know that I'm not uh, someone who gets hung up on names. I, I create whatever name makes the most sense and I just move with it, right? I take imperfect action. So I launched this program and then over the next 16 months, we go from zero to hitting a 347,000 cash month. And I want you to follow me on a couple of key things here. So I did all the right stuff. I was bought into the one funnel away methodology. I was like, I'm gonna get the right team, I'm gonna get the right systems, I'm gonna have the right funnels, the right ad strategies. At that time, I was working closely with Alex Omozi. I had been mentored by Sam Ovens. There were so many um, different people I was taking kind of business advice from. And, and it did work, 100%. Like, I was, they were like, do this, jump. And I was like, how high? And I'm doing it, and we're growing. End of 2021, uh, I hit 347,000 cash um, in the bank. We're going phenomenally well on the business side. And then our family moves over to Los Angeles. And Los Angeles for me was like this, this mythical place that I'd been looking forward to going for a very, very long time. It was not just on the bucket list as a place to travel. It felt like a place that we were supposed to call our home. And, and to some degree, we still, feel, we still feel that way. I got to Los Angeles and the only way that I could describe what happened to me is my body hit low battery mode. You know when your phone hits low battery? It's like everything starts dimming, everything starts glitching, it starts slowing down, it's conserving the energy. And uh, I get to Los Angeles, I take 33 days off out of the business, the team is running everything, and what should be this amazing holiday with my family uh, turns into just Dan is half dead. The husband that I need to be is not the husband I could be in that moment, the dad I wanted to be is not the dad I could be, and I was just done. And so at that point, I was living my life outside in right? And, and hopefully you guys can maybe relate to this. So much of what I was doing was focused on the external. Ads, funnels, team, offers. If I just get those things in place and I balance my work hours just enough, I'm going to feel awesome. I'm going to have a business that I love. I'm going to make money that I love. I'm going to have a great impact. The problem was is that I was ignoring so many different red flags along the way right? Or maybe maybe we call them beige flags, right? They weren't super obvious to me at the time. But ultimately what was happening is I was building a business that didn't fit me. I was playing the role of someone that uh, had different skills, different giftings. I was looking at my mentors and simply taking what they had, were teaching me and then applying that to my business. And it was kind of like wearing uh, clothes you wore as you grew up or wearing someone else's clothes. They didn't quite fit. One of the things that I've realized for many of us and this is a challenge that we all have to come to face, is when we go through the coaching programs or the courses and we hire the mentors, what happens is oftentimes they teach us what to think and what to do. They don't teach us how to think, right? So you might be in a coaching program right now. You might be going through these different things and you're doing the right stuff. And maybe the question you're asking yourself is, why is this not working the way that they promised me it would? 
or maybe it's working, maybe you're getting the calls and the clients and the cash, but it still doesn't feel solid. And so entering into 2022, I was like, I need to change things. And so I did the only thing I knew to do, which was I just need to drastically reduce my hours. And so I went from 40, 50, 60 intense hours a week to running my business off eight to 12 hours a week. And so in 2021, we did $2 million cash collected. And in 2022, we did $2 million cash collected. So I went from working 50 hours a week to working eight to 10 hours a week and making the same amount of money. I went from a team of 13 to a team of four. And so I was like, man, I'm on the right path. This is great. The problem was I was still thinking outside in. I was still building the business around what I thought it needed to look like. And this year for me has been the funnest, most enjoyable most profitable year I've ever had, but I started the year by burning everything to the ground and building the business that I wanted to build. And here's the key. Our businesses will either be built by default or by design. I wanna say that again. This is like a huge theme of the training we're coming across the next four sessions and today, is your business will either be built by default. You will simply adopt the, the patterns, you will adopt the strategies, you will adopt the ways of the people around you, you will adopt the industry way of doing things, or you will intentionally design a business that lights you up, that fires you up, that is a reflection of who you are, who you wanna become, of the business that you actually wanna lead. And so I had to go through that journey uh, in this last year, and it has been the hardest, most phenomenal, most fun journey I've ever been on. And so. Today, and the next three sessions, I wanna dive into what I call becoming a seven-figure value creator, right? Really focusing not on the outside in, not how can we add just a funnel or an offer into the mix that grows our business, but how do we actually build an aligned business that as it gets bigger, life gets better, and one in which we're excited to grow. The last thing I wanna say before I bring up the slides and we dig into today's session is one of the most interesting things that's happened over the last few years, and you guys will probably understand what I'm, I mean when I say this, is uh, two years ago, in mid-2021, the purple gospel of the online business space dropped. $100 million offers, boom. And what happened was, uh, and by the way, phenomenal book, I freaking love it, I love Alex, um, is now, the, the roles and the titles that we have for ourselves make less sense than ever, right? Have you noticed this? We've got coaches who run ads, build funnels, who do done for you, right? All of a sudden, we've got people doing software things. We've got agencies running, running coaching programs and all of that's well and good. One of the things I've realized is that the online space has evolved and we have to evolve with it. And one of the best uh, terms that I came across recently, a guy called Dan Coe's kind of repopularized it, but it's been around for a long time. And it's this idea of being a value creator. Rather than just seeing ourselves as a coach that has a program that solves a problem for a particular person rather than an agency that solves a problem for a particular person by doing it for them. We sell uh, and we deal and we deliver in value. And one of the things that's been most interesting to me over the last nine months especially has been when I've focused on becoming a person of higher value, when I've become a person who's becoming world-class at delivering value to people, actually solving problems, giving people real-world results, everything has gotten easier. When I've ditched the labels and ditched the, the limiting kind of boxes that I've tried to live in of like, am I an agency owner, am I a coach, what do I do? And really just adopted this idea of becoming a value creator, everything has flowed more freely. And so today we're gonna dive into um, this whole idea of awareness. Who are we, how are we made, what do we really want? And then uh, the next session we're gonna dive into, we're gonna talk about self-mastery, emotional self-mastery, we're gonna talk about beliefs, we're gonna talk about skills. And then next week, 
part number three, we're gonna talk about leadership. So like I said, you guys are all gonna get the notes from this, but if you wanna take notes, I highly recommend it as it will probably increase your attention. And so if you're ready to dive into today's session, type ready in the chat so I know I'm not the only one pumped for today's session. So a couple of key things. Um, my philosophy around business has been shifted primarily by two quotes. Chances are you have some massive goals over the next year. Even before the end of 2023 rolls out, you wanna build a business that's probably bigger, better, than it is right now. And chances are you're gonna see the ads. You're gonna go through the funnels that are gonna tell you that you're one funnel away, that you just simply need this one email marketing strategy, that if you make this one offer tweak, then you're gonna have everything you need. But here's the challenge. One of my good friends and mentors, Alex Sharfin, says this. If you don't have the business that you want, it's because you haven't become the person who can run it yet. Right, if you don't have the business that you want, it's because you haven't become the person that you can run it yet. My conviction has become that this journey of business is not so much a business journey where there is us and then there is our business out here and they are disconnected. We are intimately, intricately connected with the success of our business. And you know, John Maxwell has a saying, he says, everything rises and falls on leadership. The, the thing that I wanna really um, show you in this session is that everything in your business rises and falls on you. Typically, we don't actually struggle with a lot of business problems. We struggle with personal problems that are showing up in our business, right? Does that make sense to everybody, right? It's not that we simply need the funnel and then all of a sudden everything will be awesome. Because if we're not the leader who can sustain the funnel, if we're not the leader who can lead the team, if we're not the marketer that we need to become, if we're not good at copywriting, if we don't have emotional self-mastery, if we don't possess the skills, the beliefs, the emotional regulation that we need to be the leader that we need to become, then we can have the right funnel, the right offer, the right ads, the right team, and we will still struggle to generate the momentum that we wanna generate. And this is because it's summarized in a, a good old TR, Tony Robbins quote, right? Success is 80% psychology and 20% strategy. I just want you to think about this for a second. Are you approaching your business like this? Like, are you, are you believing that right now the gap between where you are and where you wanna to get to is just a strategy game? Maybe you think about it like tactics. I just need to find the right thing to do. I need to do the right thing. Once I find the strategy, once I discover the how, then this business is gonna fall into place. But the world's biggest, uh, best paid, well, most well-known high-performance coach, maybe of all time in history, put in your success, right? Think about this. Your goal of getting to 100K a month, of getting to six figures, whatever it might be, is 80% psychology and 20% strategy, right? It's not that strategy doesn't matter. It's that psychology, who you are, the leader you are or are not becoming overshadows everything else. And unless you learn to embrace this as not some necessary evil, but as the actual path, you will always feel like you're going one step forward and two steps back. That you never feel like you're gaining the traction that you need is because you're probably approaching this in the wrong way. You and I have to undergo the journey of personal transformation, of increasing our level of leadership, of improving who we are to actually be able to run this business. So. Let me walk you through this real quick. Like I said, we're, we're, we're talking through a couple of key things uh, today and over the next couple of days, okay? The first one we need to get really clear on is awareness. Everything starts with this idea of who we are and what type of business we wanna build. Many people, they are suffering from a lack of clarity. Like that's the illness that they're suffering from. If I was to ask you point blank, what kind of life you are trying to build right now, I have no doubt you'll rattle off a few answers for me. I certainly had them. Like when I was in the middle of 2021 and uh, it was not the business that I want, I remember peak unhappiness for me was uh, I was uh, in a particularly insane week and I, 
in a certain day on this insane week, I was in back to back to back to back Zoom calls, right? You probably know the feeling, right? I was like doing sales calls. I was running trainings like this. I was meeting with team members. And on one particular fateful moment of that day, uh, the water kicked in and I was in the middle of a call that I had to run and I peed into a bottle in the middle of a call. (laughs) And for me, it was one of those moments of like, man, is this the business that I want to build? And of course it's like, you know, that happened once. That's a one-time thing, right? But the point is, is that I was looking at the business that I was running going, man, this might be the business that someone else wants, but this is not the business that I want. And so what we have to start with is this idea of who we are and what we're actually trying to accomplish. For many of us, we are running with inherited goals, right? We see the two comma club award and we go, man, how fantastic it would be to get that. And that might be a great goal for someone else. It might actually not be your goal unless you get really clear on who you are and what you're actually trying to accomplish. The second piece here is mastery. You have to learn to engage in self-mastery, right? How you deal with the challenges and setbacks and just the overall journey of business actually determines so much about whether or not you build that business that you want to build right? When you have two clients and one of them leaves, in your early days, that costs you a lot, not just financially, but emotionally and mentally. When you have 20 clients, if you don't understand how to deal with one client leaving and it feels just as painful as if you have two clients, all of a sudden you realize you haven't scaled your emotional self-mastery. You haven't learned to deal with the bigger challenges that comes with the bigger business. And so what we have to do is get really good at shifting our beliefs. We have to get really good at nervous system regulation, at emotional regulation. We have to get really good at upgrading our skills, right? If we don't need to have the business that we want, it's likely because we haven't become the person who can run it yet. So we've got to engage in self-mastery. And then the last piece here, it's really, really key, is leadership. Both how do we lead ourselves and how do we lead those around us, right? Everything rises and falls on leadership. And so unless we engage in this journey, we'll be building the funnels, we'll be doing this stuff, but nothing will be clicking into the place the way that it should. So today I want to dive deep into this idea of awareness, right? How do we become aware? How do we go from autopilot to living intentionally? How do we go from sleeping, like you know, driving asleep at the wheel to actually waking up? And so I wanna dive into the first piece here, which is understanding your core identity. I wanna start with this really important idea, which is who are you? And so I want you to look at this picture for a second. This was introduced to me uh, by an amazing uh, marketer called Frank Kern. And he succinctly put it um, in such a way I'd never really heard before. He talks about how everybody has two identities. We have the shell identity. This is the who everyone sees us as. This is the person we show up in the world, right? This is the guy who has the job he doesn't love, right? He wakes up in the house with the white picket fence, right? He he makes his wife a cup of coffee. He's with his kids. He hops in his Toyota Prius. He drives to the insurance job. He does his work. He comes home. He's not fulfilled. He cracks open a couple of beers before bed, he puts the kids into bed, he watches Netflix, and he does this time and again. And he's living for a vacation, he's living for retirement. But what he's not doing is living out of his core identity. This is likely not the life that he thought he was going to live, right? Now for some people, that's totally the core identity, which is fantastic. But for many people, there is a difference between the person they show up in the world as and the person they really are. And so what we have to do is is really get clear on who is this person? Who is this core identity? And this conversation can be really vague and ethereal and philosophical and not helpful. So I'm gonna walk you through the, the best way I know to really get clear on your core identity, okay? So I want everyone to take a screenshot of this and I want 
you all, if you can make some time over the next week, uh, this is homework. This is an hour 56 video that I've watched probably six, seven, eight times. It's super old school. This is the guy, Frank Kern. Um, it's a great video. In it, he talks about how the key to discovering our, our core identity is really in the simplicity of getting clear on the ideal day. And this sounds so simple that many of you could probably just blow this apart and go, this is easy, done it before. But I really want you to sit with me on this for a second. A really cool way to discover who you actually are is what would your dream day look like? Now, I'm not talking about the day you feel like you need right now in the season. Some of you are tired. Some of you want a spa day. Some of you want the, I want to sleep in and watch Netflix. I'm not talking about that day. I'm not talking about the day you feel like your soul needs right here in this moment. I'm talking about imagine creating a day that you had to live every single day. And what I want you to do uh, is create some space over the coming days to describe what it looks like step by step by step in your ideal world right? Asking yourself, who do I want to be? What do I want to do? Really get to this point of clarity of what would I do every day? Because here's my conviction. The key to building a business you love is building it around a life you love. So there are two ways to build a business. There is one in which our life has to sacrifice so much. We have to sacrifice so much to make the business what we feel like it needs to be. For many people who aren't trying to become billionaires, who aren't trying to make a dent in society, right? And that's probably not the right way to put it because we all want to make a dent in society. But people who aren't trying to play at such a level that they've got to sacrifice their wife, their kids, their husband, you know, their dreams, their goals, so that they can put it on the altar of the sacrifice of uh, building this business. We actually want to build a business around our life. And it starts by understanding what is this life that we're trying to create for ourselves. And so one of the most powerful things for me is realizing that this year, most days of business have become ideal days. Like I am fully engaged in designing my life and I'm no longer living by default. I wake up, like I'm in Hong Kong right now, which for many of you who, who might have witnessed the journey that I was sharing on, on social media was not a planned trip. I was supposed to be in Los Angeles. I'm flying over to Los Angeles to hang out with um, uh, Erwin, who's a mentor and a client. And so uh, he asked me, he said, hey, you know, Danny, you free tomorrow because we've got this launch. We'd love for you to come out. And um, uh, anyone who's ever worked with like high creatives, right, knows that planning is not on the agenda, right? So this was this was something that I had like, I had, I had prompted many times. Hey, dude, we've got this launch. Do you want me to come out? No, we're fine. Hey, we've got this launch coming out. You know, do you, do you want me to come out? No, 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 we're fine. Day before, hey, do you want to uh, come out? I'm like, okay. Thankfully, I have an amazing wife who loves Irwin, so I hop on this plane. And um, we had just had this amazing Bali intensive. We had 17 people from around the world, from Serbia, Spain, Vietnam, UK, Denver, California, Australia, New Zealand, like all over the place. And we just spent these, these amazing few days together. And unbeknownst to all of us, in Bali, well, this is not unbeknownst. I live in Bali. I'm familiar with this. There is this thing called Bali Bali, right? Bali Bali is notorious, right? It's like, man, you, you can likely have... Uh, a trip in Bali and not get sick, but it's also not uncommon to get sick in Bali, unfortunately. And so we're taking all the precautions and doing all the right things. And we get to the last day and I'm just like, man, we have crushed it. No one's gotten sick. This is fantastic. Intensive has been amazing. But unbeknownst to us, one of our last meals uh, all left us feeling worse for wear. And I didn't realize this. So I'm like in the car going to the airport and um, I start to feel sick, but the car's like going fast and it's like weaving in and out of traffic. So I'm like, you know what? This is just normal car sickness. Get to the airport, have my last meal. I've, I've started fasting through travel, which uh, for those of you who travel a lot is actually a massive key for dealing with jet lag. So I'm having this last meal and it doesn't really sit right, but I'm like, you know, it's the car sickness, whatever. And then I get onto the plane and I just proceed to 
vomit the whole trip. And so I'm on my way to uh, LA via Hong Kong and I'm, I'm not in a good way. I land in Hong Kong and um, I go straight to the nearest bathroom and I just continue to bring up all of that lunch, all of that delicious food we've been eating the previous days. And so now I'm in Hong Kong, right? Unexpectedly, here I am. But as I'm in Hong Kong, I'm still engaged in work, right? So I still have calls, I have things to create, I have, I have stuff like this to do. But no matter where I am in the world, I get to bring out the ideal day blueprint, right? I don't have too many calls. I don't sell via sales calls. I don't have a bunch of stuff in my calendar that I look at and go, oh, Goodness, I can't believe I have to do this. And the reason is, is because I've spent all of this year designing my business around my life by firstly getting clear on what is my ideal life. And for many of you, you're probably running your businesses and living your lives asleep at the wheel. And that sounds serious, but I'm saying that as someone who was doing that for a really long time, I was on autopilot. And here is how autopilot tricks us the worst. We believe that if we eventually hit the goal we wanna hit, right, 10K a month, 30K a month, 100K a month, whatever it is, then life's gonna get better and easier. I'm not naming names, but I'm sure some of you uh, believe that right now. You have that belief that that once I hit X revenue goal, that's when I can kick into this ideal life. But the, the conviction I have is that the best way to build the business that you want is to actually start by designing the life that you want and creating boundaries around that now. To become the leader that you need to be, you need to be excited about the business that you're building. So there's this quote in business that's really important I want you all to think about this. We do not grow into pain. We will not grow into pain. So if you associate your business with growth equals pain, right? More clients equals pain. Growing the business equals doing more of the, doing more of the stuff that I, I don't want to be doing, right? Both in my business and my life. What will happen is you will self-consciously, uh, sorry, subconsciously self-sabotage. So there will actually be parts of your business that you are not engaging with fully because you equate growth with pain. And one of the quickest ways to end the cycle is to actually become conscious and to ask yourself, what is this all for and what kind of life am I trying to create for myself? What, what kind of life am I trying to create for my family? Why do I want to make money in the first place? And, and this is where it just gets simple, where it's just like, identifying and articulating our ideal day. So what I want you to do is over the, the coming days to create some space in your calendar to get crystal clear on this. Now, like I said, you guys will have the notes. So I just have a bunch of uh, small questions here that I want you guys to go through post-training to really get clear. Now, I want you to have a look at some of the, the um, how uh, granular some of these questions are, right? Where would you live? What would your house look like? What time would you wake up? right? What would you do in the morning? What would you have for breakfast? What does the mundane stuff look like? I don't want you to say, oh, I, I just don't want to do sales calls or I, I don't want to have more than this many calls in the calendar. I don't want to do this. I want you to get clear on the stuff you do want to do. If you had to replicate this day, day after day, if you were to stop living this day, the world would implode. What would that day look like for you? And for many of us, we cannot answer that, which is also why we're not excited about the idea of, of growing our business because right now we're growing into pain, right? The business that we have right now is not even allowing ourselves the level of freedom that we want. And so why would we continue to engage in the growth of the business if it's just gonna equal less freedom, not more freedom, less joy, not more joy. And so I want you to get really clear on this to really start to ask yourself, what kind of life am I trying to create for myself so that I understand what the goal of my business is in the first place. 
See, again, the, the key thing here is we're trying to understand our core identity because we all have different identities. And I'm gonna walk you through in a moment the five archetypes of a value creator that's gonna solidify more of this. But I want you to be asking yourself, who, who am I pretending to be and who am I really? Who is the person beneath the person that people see? Who is the person beneath the person I'm pretending to be? And, and what would that person like to do every day with their life? And here's what's, what I love about uh, this call is that there will be similarities and there'll be differences. So the similarities is that none of us want less freedom. I'm imagining you're on this call not because you wanna work 80 hours a week and hate your life, right? So you can get one mythical big exit at the end of time. You're here probably because you want more money, more impact, more freedom. But how you want those things might be different to me. And unless you articulate that, you're gonna be on this call and everything I'm saying, you're gonna just try and copy and paste it into your life. You're gonna be in a coaching program, going through a course, reading a book, going, oh, I'm just gonna take that person's blueprint for success and I'm gonna apply it to mine. But the different thing I want you to understand here is everyone's definition of success is different because our core identities are different, okay? So let's walk through this five archetypes. When I first discovered this, uh, recently, this was a huge aha moment. You remember how before I was talking about how we all have these limiting uh, kind of boxes that we live in, coach, consultant, agency owner. And for many of us, they just don't serve us anymore. And it's because um, the better way to think about it is what archetype are we? Who are we really? What do we love doing? As opposed to what business model do I have? We want to understand the archetype we have and then build a business model around that. Does that make sense? So let's roll with this. There are five archetypes of a value creator. I'm gonna go through each one, and then if you guys have questions, uh, specifically here, I would be super happy to answer them if you've got any questions on the five archetypes. Okay, so archetype number one, the consultant. So it's really important to understand about this is the consultant does the work either for people or with people. So we would, we would use two words, two phrases, done for you or done with you. Now for many people, this is like a necessary rite of passage to develop skills. But here's what's really important and interesting to know is that not everyone should graduate past this point. So I have an amazing uh, friend of mine. His name is Josh Turner. He was one of my first ever clients. He's based out of New Zealand. And when we started working together in 2018, I sold him into this program. I was like, this is great. I joined Taki Moore's coaching program. And Taki's like, you should launch this year long thing. And I was like, fantastic. And so I sold two people into it, Tom, and Josh. And my goal with Josh is really simple. He was doing stuff in person, working with C-suite teams and executive teams and creative teams. And he was like doing this stuff with them. He was going into businesses, planning with them, doing strengths coaching, all that kind of stuff. But it was very hands-on consulting. And I was like, Josh, you're better than that, brother. You don't need to do that anymore. We don't need to do this evil thing called selling time for money. We're going to help you create this leveraged online program. And he's like, great, I think. You know, and so we start going ahead and, and designing this program and this course and things like that. And he sells a few people into it. And here's what he realized. He didn't enjoy it. He loves the feel of going into a business, sitting in front of people face to face and actually doing the work with them. And so five years later, he has a thriving consulting business that is all in person, right? So he's, he's never bought into the dream the dream, right, of having to create leverage online through courses and coaching. He makes fantastic money. He's become one of the most well-known leaders in his field in New Zealand, but it's because he's owning his archetype of a consultant. If you've re ever read the book um, E-Myth, has anyone ever read the book E-Myth before, right? It's a book by a guy called Michael Gruber, I think it is, or something like that. Michael Gerber, something like that. It's a great book. In it, he talks about the difference between a technician, 
right? And someone who actually wants to scale a business. And so there's a story of the person who's really good at baking cakes. And in it, uh, she's so good at baking cakes that everyone starts demanding that there's more cakes and there's more locations. And so what she does is she steps out of the kitchen and she starts running the business. The problem is that's not who really she is. That's not what she wants to do, right? And so over time, that business doesn't go well because she's a technician. Another way to say it is she's a consultant. She does the stuff. And so what I want you to understand is that for some of you, you will get the most joy from actually doing the work for people, right? Copywriting, funnel building, right? You're doing C-suite, consulting days, whatever it might be. And you might not find the same joy that I find in creating an environment like this. It's not about right or wrong, good or bad. It is about who you are, the type of business that you actually want to create and build. So that is archetype number one. Again, if you guys have questions on this, we can loop back to them shortly. But is this making sense so far? Archetype number one, consultant. Number two is coach. So maybe you have wanted to create that sense of leverage, right? And the leverage might be in the form of a course with coaching, with you, or you actually doing the work. Here's what I understand about coaches. Coaches are this rare breed of humans that when they get to the end of calls, they're energized, not drained, right? So coaches are people that love the personal breakthrough that comes from working with people closely. They love the intimacy and the relationship. They love breaking people's limiting beliefs. They love helping people work from problem to problem to problem and breaking through. Right? Maybe you are that person, maybe you know that person. They are the types of people that thrive on the intimacy and challenge that comes from working in close proximity with people. Typically, this is like in the trenches coaching work. This is not like go watch a course module. This type of person loves doing the work with people. And so a type of business that would make sense for someone who is a coach archetype is someone who uh, builds the business around actually engaging with their time, right? It's not about leverage, it's not about selling a course. For some of these people who are coach archetypes, selling a course might mean they make more money and mean they have less meaning, right? Understanding who you are is so key. And so I have worked with a number of coaches over the years that uh, fit this archetype perfectly. I remember uh, working with a guy called Patrick and Patrick not only on the kind of Myers-Briggs 16 personalities was like a raging extrovert, right? But he was just a guy that like loved playing the role of coach, right? He didn't want to build a business. He didn't want to run everything himself. He loved the personal breakthrough that came from working with people closely, okay? Now let's keep rolling because this next distinction is so key. I, I'm gonna see aha moments for many of you, light bulb moments. So number one is consultant, number two is coach, number three is mentor. I'll never forget working with uh, someone years ago, his name was Sam Cawthorn. Sam had a really interesting story where he was a futurist for the Australian government. And he was working so hard and working such long hours that one fateful day he's driving between city to city and he falls asleep at the wheel and he's driving 70 miles an hour and he crashes into a truck that's driving 70 miles an hour and there's a head-on collision and in that moment he completely loses his arm he permanently uh you know basically um his whole his whole life completely changes before his eyes he's permanently disabled from that point his leg has rods in it he has a prosthetic arm and then he just starts doing motivational speaking all around australia right turning that thing that could take him better into better, right? And I'll never forget sitting down with him and he's built uh, a, a high seven-figure business. He's crushing it, he's speaking, and he's working with people closely. And he said, Dan, I'm a great mentor and a terrible coach. 
And for me, those words were synonymous and maybe they are the same for you as well, where I literally had no idea what he said. And I just smiled and nodded. I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like I had no idea what he was saying. I was like, that's great. You're a great mentor, terrible coach. But here's what I've realized about mentors, is that mentors, in the, in the way that coaches thrive in being in the trenches with people, mentors prefer higher level. So coaches love dealing in the tactics. They love dealing in the nitty gritty of relationships. Having 20, 30, 40 one-to-one clients doesn't scare them. In fact, it doesn't just cause them to survive, it makes them thrive. Mentors love the higher level strategy. We don't wanna sit here and help people solve their problems and deal with undealt with trauma. Mentors provide strategic advisory. So the nature of mentorship, and this is where I would find myself more fully, is mentors can be incredible teachers. Mentors also thrive in one-to-many environments like this, right? So for me, being in an intensive last week, I was in my zone of genius. I loved it. I was fired up by it. I felt fulfilled by it. It was amazing, right? So what I want you to understand is that there is a difference between coaching and mentoring. So you might think, I hate having one-to-one clients. Chances are, it might not be the one-to-one clients is the issue, it's the frame and the context through which you're working with them on. I actually love having one-to-one clients. What I don't love doing is coaching in the nitty-gritty day by day by day, I love mentoring people. And so for some of you, the aha moment you need is not the business model is broken, it's the context through which you're trying to um, deliver it, and it's the archetype you're living from. The coach deals in the tactics, the mentor typically deals in the strategy. The coach deals with the day-to-day, the mentor deals with the big picture. The coach thrives in almost solely working one-to-one. The mentor loves working one-to-one and one-to-many, creating environments of change. Number four, the creative. I hope this archetype sets some of you free. The creative, I would say, is a very common archetype in our space. Here's what I've learned to be true, is that when creatives find businesses like ours, they quickly become prisons, right? And so here's what I know about the creative. The creative thrives with white space in the calendar. They thrive in the land of ideas and possibilities. They love creating content, they love coming up with new ideas, they love repackaging old ideas, they love writing, they love speaking, they love creating things, something that wasn't making it into something right? Bringing things from the unseen to the seen, from the imagination to reality. And so one of the things that I found to be true is that this is not everybody. This is why the archetypes exist. But many people are playing the role of coach. They're playing the role of consultant when actually they're a creative. And so one of the things that has been so fulfilling and so powerful for me this year is realizing that this is who I am. Now, this shouldn't have taken me this long to figure out. I spent all of my teens with one goal in mind. I wanted to play music and travel the world. While everyone was playing sports, while everyone's focused on academics, all I did was play music and get better and better at, at instruments. And then I step into business and I'm like, try to become an engineer, right? I'm like, okay, so KPIs, spreadsheets, meetings, leading teams, and my creative spirit started to die. This year, what I've done is I have two days a week where I do calls. Two days a week where I, I, I really engage in like the actually working with people. Three days a week, I have nothing on the agenda. Like I'm like, I'm gonna create content sometime today. I'm gonna work through some projects. If you were to look at my calendar, for some of you, it might look like hell because there's all this blank space. For some of you, that's exactly what you want. And so unless you understand the archetype, you are at risk of building a business that suits someone else, that someone else will love, 
that you hate. And rather than having a business you're excited to run, you build a business that you wanna run away from. Is this making sense for some of you, right? This archetype thing is so important to understand. Let's land the plane here. Because again, I think we're gonna end with a bang on these archetypes and this is gonna be an aha moment for you. The fifth archetype is rare. Rare, rare, rare. The builder. When I say rare, it's because this is actually what entrepreneurship is. Right? When we look at the Gary V's and the Alex Hormoses of the world, this is what they predominantly have to do to actually have the business that they want to build is they have to optimize everything for scalability. It is about how do we manage projects? How do we build teams? How do we kick goals? How do we generate momentum? So for me, peak unhappiness in my business was when we were making the most amount of money. And it was peak unhappiness for me, not because I was working 80 hours a week, because I, I truthfully wasn't. It wasn't about how many hours I was working, it was about the work I was doing in the hours I was putting forth, because I was trying to live out of this archetype, which I am not, this archetype of the builder. The builder has to build a team. The builder thrives in the space of optimizing for growth, optimizing for top line revenue, optimizing for bottom line revenue. These are the entrepreneurs that actually wanna build successful companies. And when I say successful companies, I don't mean you have to go for an exit, but what I mean is I have had clients that actually love the, the, the stuff that I hate. They love the building of the business. They love the leading the team. I remember going to a, a conference years ago with, with Alex Sharfin. And I would say Alex and his wife, Katie, really share a lot of this builder energy. And it's so interesting because when you go into a room, you really understand someone's culture fast, right? And so uh, you go into some rooms and they put uh, revenue on a pedestal, right? Uh, if you could just stand up and as you introduce yourself, you could just share how much money you're making, right? That's that's can be common in some places. The number one thing that they measured and celebrated was how many team members you had. So literally it'd be like, um, I'm Dan and I have, uh, you know, so good to be here and I have a team of seven. Everyone's like, the next person's like, yeah, I'm like Steve, I run a credit repair company, I have a team of 60. And everyone's like, yeah. But that's what builders celebrate. Builders want to build a company that is scalable. And so here's what I want you to think about right here, is that this isn't black and white. This is not a box to live in. This is not a title to feel like you were stuck with for life. But I wanna ask yourself two questions. The first is, if I was to look at these five archetypes, what could be my major and what might be my minor? So let me give you a really quick example. For me, through the process of self-discovery, this is my major. I thrive in the white space of creativity. I love creating content. I love coming up with ideas. And then secondary, my minor is mentorship. I really love mentorship. Does that mean I can't build ads and run funnels and consult? No, I can totally do that. Does it mean I can't coach? No, I can totally do that. Does it mean I can't build? I can totally do that. But I get the most joy and fulfillment out of understanding that my, sp my time needs to be protected, I need to optimize for creative energy, and I love mentoring people. What archetype do you feel like you need to bring the most energy to? Because here's what I want you to understand. Building this business that you love does not mean it does not require sacrifice. It does not mean you only get to do things you wanna do all the time for infinity. Sometimes we have to go through the phases of doing stuff we don't wanna to do to build the skills to do what we do wanna do. The mistake that many of us make is we see the Sam Ovens of the world, the Alex Beckers, the Alex Hormozis, the Gary V's, and we simply try and become them. Can I let you all in on a massive insight, right? I hope this kind of blows some minds. Who, who here knows who Alex and Layla are? I hope this is kind of rhetorical at this point. Perfect, I'm just getting crowd participation at this point. I'm assuming everyone knows. Most people would have no idea that Alex 
does not build the companies, like almost at all. When I first started working with Alex, when I first started following him, and he was talking about doing the boring work, right? You might've heard him say, do the boring work. I assumed that was Dan pee in a bottle, dude, right? I just had to like back to back to back doing the boring work. But here's what he meant for him. He has spent 1500 hours writing his next book. Alex is actually major creative. Like his, his primary like calling in life that he would, he would first identify as is as a writer. The second thing is, is that he is more of a mentor than a coach. Layla is the builder. And so I'm sharing that because we look at people's businesses, we assume we know who they are and how they operate, and then we build a business based on who we think they are or based on the fact that we feel like we need to be like them. And so what I want you to understand is that firstly, not everyone uh, has a life you wanna replicate. Not everyone has goals that you share. Right? If you're taking advice on how to build a six-figure coaching business from someone who's trying to build a nine-figure company or a 10-figure company, right? that's typically really, really bad. But what I want you to understand is that actually people have very different archetypes. And the people that are most successful build around the person they are, not the person they feel they need to pretend to be. They build from their core identity, not their shell identity. So let's talk about your model. So I'm gonna read through a couple of different things. There is an old way and a new way that I've seen in our space. I'm just gonna fire through this, okay? Typically in our space, a lot of people optimize for having more offers. If we think we can have more offers, we do this thing that we uh, feel like we have to do, which is stop leaving money on the table. And so we're on a call with someone and they can't afford our $5,000 thing. And so we think, well, let's make a $1,500 thing. If they can't pay the 5,000, let's get them on the 1,500, right? Oh, they can't pay the $1,500, let's get a $99 a month thing in the mix. None of these are bad things, right? I'm here to tell you, you can build any type of business that you want, but it all has pros and cons, benefits and, and risks and costs. One of the things that I know for so many people I work with is their life would become way easier if they went from multiple offers to really focus on one aligned offer that lights them up, that allows them to live out of their archetype and that helps them stack recurring revenue. Number two, complex inconsistent funnels versus one community funnel and long form content. There are so many ways to generate leads. One of the things that I found that is most life-giving for people that allows them to live out of their archetype the best is having one funnel that they major on. For years, that was our Facebook group. We made four to five million from a group of 7,700 people, right? Now, my business looks like Facebook profile, YouTube, and email. So however you slice it and dice it, what, what I believe everyone has to do on this call is to build the business that they want that allows them to scale without the struggle is to focus the energies in on our funnel, right? That both incorporates short form and long form. Short form content allows to bring awareness to people into our world, right? And long form content builds the depth of connection. Number three, right? I'm having to zoom out here because it's a little bit longer, but shallow, boring content equals your chasing prospects. Core identity content, meaning core identity content based on who you are, speaking to who people really are, plus a personal brand equals prospects chasing you. These are some of the, the shifts I want you guys to be thinking about through the seven figure value creator training is some of the old way versus the new way. Eight to 10 hours a day on screens and calls versus the new way, four to five hours a day, thinking, learning, creating, and coaching the rest of time doing the stuff you love, okay? These are just some of my thoughts that I wanted to share in terms of how to think about your model right? You do not have to be stuck in the Dan pee in a cup model, right? <laughs> that might be perfect for some of you. You might go, hey, you know, if I've got a pee in a cup every now and then to build the business that I want to build, that's great. Sacrifice I'm willing to make. For many of us, 
not the business that we want. And so I wanna introduce this idea that you can actually create a business that has you working flexible hours, that has you achieving amazing financial results while having freedom, that doesn't have you needing to be someone you're not day in and day out, but you can actually spend time creating, learning, thinking, coaching, and the rest of the time doing the stuff that you love, spending time with the people that you love. For me, I'm on track this year to take home, not just make and profit, but take home a million dollars, right? I'm doing it working about 15 to 20 hours a week. So I wanna shatter some beliefs around what you think you have to do to build the business that you want. It's more about living from the person that you are and building a business model that you love as opposed to having to do stuff that you hate all day, every day, just to make the money you dream of making. If you do not like calls, guess what? You don't actually have to sell via calls. So every, I had an 18,000 cash day yesterday, not a single call. And so I really want you to understand that if you love calls, which I have clients who do, then keep freaking doing them. If you hate calls like I do, I have never liked sales calls. I remember 2020, we were scaling, it was exciting. I was getting to a point where I would see someone book in a call and I was dropping F-bombs in my office. I was like, no, not another sales call. Like I was just like the last thing I wanted to do because I was trying to be someone I didn't wanna be. And so I want you to understand that a lot of these rules that we believe are the only ways to do things are totally negotiable. Some of these rules are meant to be broken. Another one is you can trade in the old way of up and down revenue, big team, bloated expenses and low profit for high MRR, high monthly recurring revenue, Lean team of three to four, 50 to 100K a month in profit. Second to last thing, old model keeping you stressed, anxious, and unhappy. New model prioritizes fun, fulfillment, and freedom. As you're thinking about designing your model, I want you to think about the values through which you want to build this business. Your business should be an extension of your values, right? And so what values do you have that you want to bring to life in this business? And then number four, or I guess the last one, I don't know why I said number four, it's number four on this page, but number eight, is I want you to think about this. You will go much further when you decide on a direction and choose someone to help you get there. So many of us are stuck and confused and overwhelmed because we're currently trying to take it all in. We're going through the YouTube videos and reading the books and buying the courses and listening to the podcasts and working with all these different coaches. The number one key, if I could give anyone a piece of advice, it's find a mentor who has a business that you wanna replicate, who is the type of person you wanna become more like. When you pair that with learning to trust your intuition and your gut, you actually go from confused, stuck, overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, to clear and confident, okay? Here are some examples of what this could look like in terms of an actual model. We dive deeper into this into the community, so I'm not gonna dive deep into this on this call, and again, we've got time for Q&A, but I want everyone to think about your business model with two words in mind, intimate and scalable. There is no wrong or right way to do this. I have scaled to 100K months with literally every single offer I'm about to show you. Intimate and scalable, right? This year, I actually took this model to 95K a month in profit, right? just working one-to-one -one with people, doing one-to-one -one coaching and mentorship. So there's a number of different lines here. I'm not gonna go through all of them right now, but I want you to just think about the fact that there are so many ways to do this. The most important thing is figuring out based on your archetype, based on your goals, based on your ideal day, what, make, what model makes the most sense for you. For you, you might be in a season of um, consulting, right? Actually doing the work for people. And so a service might make the most sense. There is no right or wrong way to do this. I'm not here to demonize done for you as being bad, selling your time is bad. You can make great money doing either. The bad part I want you to uh, avoid is doing stuff you don't wanna do, building a business based on who you're not. Next piece, scalable. So I have uh, the community. The community is $18,000 a year and it has 
no one-to-one whatsoever. So I'm confident I'll get that to probably 100 members by the end of the year, which will be about 120, 130,000 a month in profit with no one-to-one at all. Because what I'm building my business around is creativity and mentorship. And so I'm gonna have higher level people that I work with one-to-one and in small groups, and I'm gonna have a scalable offer that is community that's really based around content like this, that's really based around community collaborating. Then you could also have a scalable model, where I've had this before, where you actually have one-to-one, and this can be delivered by you or a coach, right? What I want you to understand though is that this is kind of a choose your own adventure. If I was to advise anyone on doing anything, it would be to at least start here. But I'm not here to tell you what to do, I'm here to present options and get you to choose get you to figure out based on your archetype, based on your goals, what makes the most sense for you. And then lastly, let's talk about your personal vision. Let's talk about who you really wanna become and and what this is really for, okay? And I want you to think about this from two angles. In order to go from where you are to where you wanna get to, you need to understand that right now you are playing a character. You are likely in many different areas of your life just like I am still living out of a shell identity. Let's call this the old character. In order to build the business that you want, you've gotta become the person who can run it. You've gotta understand that this game is not just strategy, it's psychology. And so we have to step into that level of leadership that that requires us to become a new version of ourselves. J 2.0, Holly 2.0, Martuan 5.7, right? You know, like that that, that sense of iOS is constantly updating. We have to continue to update and evolve. And so how this looks is you have to understand the areas of vision, awareness, self-mastery and leadership to really get clear on what parts of who you are you actually need to let go of. This might be as simple as like routines that aren't serving you. Like one of the biggest and best things I ever did was stop drinking. And this has not been a one-time thing. This has been multiple times where I'm like, man, I need to stop drinking again. And so right now, if I open up my phone, which hopefully you guys can see, if you look at the top number here, I have not had alcohol in 194 days. I'm not here to tell you, thank you, Holly. I'm not here to tell you alcohol is the devil, you shouldn't drink. What I'm here to say is for me, it was holding me back from being the leader I needed to be. So it makes complete sense to me that I stopped drinking in January and this has been the best year of my business today. Maybe there are areas of your life where you need to forgive people. You need to let things go. That there are things, relationships, that there are stories that are keeping you in this old shell version of yourself that are holding you back from stepping into the fullness of who you need to become to run this business. So you need to embrace the vision. Who am I? Where am I going? The awareness, right? What makes me tick? What's my archetype? What model makes the most sense for me? Self-mastery, understanding your emotions, your beliefs, and your skills are your biggest limiting factors. And then your leadership. How does this outwork in me leading myself and me leading other people? The last thing I wanna touch on, and then we're going to talk about uh, questions and kind of put a bow in this session, is really simple. I want you to get clear on this goal for yourself. What is your target monthly income? I posted this recently. Uh, One of the most underrated questions for digital entrepreneurs, for value creators, for coaches and consultants is, what is my ideal lifestyle and how much does it cost per month? If we want to build a business that serves our life, we have to understand what that life entails. And here's what's crazy. And this is where I'm going to wrap up and then I'm going to enter into questions. Most of us have business goals that make no business sense. We pull a number out of the air and then we wonder why we struggle to achieve it. So if I was to ask everyone right now, which I'm not going to do, I'm not going to put you on the spot. What's your business revenue goal right now? I'm going to get a huge range of numbers. 10K a month, 30K a month, 50K a month, 100K a month, right? Whatever it is, here's what I know to be true. Most of you have no idea why that is your number. Other than that's a number you picked somewhere along the way that you thought is just a cool number to hit. 
Like I talk to people all the time, I just been going through dozens and dozens of onboarding calls for people in the community. What does everyone think the number one goal of everyone in the community is, right? The most common revenue answer, 100K a month, of course. Isn't that the weirdest number? Think about how crazy this is. 100K a month is not even a million dollars a year, it's 1.2 million a year. So people are telling me they're willing to crawl over broken glass to make 1.2 million dollars a year. Here's what I know when I hear that number, people haven't done the work to figure out what their business is actually trying to create in their life. And so we're just borrowing goals. So I'm, I'm gonna give you the, the best piece of advice that I know to give you on creating a personal vision that empowers you to build a business you're excited to build. Build a business where you understand as it gets bigger, how life gets better. For many people, this is this is not a joke, this is not an exaggeration. I meet people all the time that are making 30K a month, 40K a month, and they're taking home 20 to 30K, 30K a month in profit. Fantastic profit margins, that's a great life. I then see people scale up, 50K a month, 60K a month, 80K a month, 100K a month, guess what? Oftentimes the profit doesn't move. So people are working two or three times as hard, they've added team members, they've added stress, they've added complexity, and they're taking home the exact same amount of money. Now for some people, builders who might be going for the scalability, that might be the right thing. For many of us who got into this game to have a business that it allows us and enables us to live this dream life that we want, what happens is we're building this business and it's not even making our life better. And so what I want you to start by understanding is what is your target monthly income? Now this might change season to season. I can tell you right now, my 10 year goals are different than my 12 month goals. But what I want you to do is to get really clear in 12 months, how do you want your life to be better? If your business grows the way that you hope that it does, how will your life be different? Will you live in the same house? Will you get a better haircut? Like I'll never forget one of the richest moments I ever felt, and this is so silly, but as a broke youth pastor, this was a great moment, and someone who was influenced by this brand growing up. The moment that I could drop a few hundred dollars on replacing all my underwear with Calvin Klein's, that was a rich life moment. I was like, hell yeah, right? For me, I've realized that outside of travel, which I'm telling you right now, travel is very expensive if you let it be, um, I live a very simple life, right? I was like looking yesterday, like $500 sneakers, all that kind of stuff. I look at those things, I always give myself permission to buy them if I wanna buy them, because I'm at a point where those amounts of money won't affect my life, and 99 times out of 100, I can just look at it and go like, man, that won't make me any happier, and I'm wearing my $70 flower vans, just going like, man, these shoes are the best, right? I wear cheap clothes, we live pretty modestly in terms of uh, you know, our day-to-day. -day. I don't get $100 haircuts, right? Th those aren't the things that fire me up. For you, th there might be those exact things that fire you up. There's no right or wrong here. The point I'm trying to make is you need to build a business by design. And it starts by getting clear on who you are, the life you're trying to build, and then the business required to support that life. And so the last thing I wanna encourage you to do in the next few days is to create time to get clear on your ideal lifestyle and its cost. And then create business goals based on real life answers to how is this gonna make my life better, not borrowed goals. Because for some of you, you've had that same number in your head for a really long time. The reason you're not willing to do the work or haven't yet accomplished that goal is because your brain can't figure out why it's worth the cost. You have to work harder, you've gotta push more, you've gotta build more, all for this mythical Stripe account screenshot that at the end of the day you wanna take, and your brain's going, it's not worth it, I don't wanna do this. And so you're, self, you're subconsciously self-sabotaging versus making your money goals mean something. Appreciate you all for coming out today, and I'll see you uh, the time we started today, tomorrow. See you guys.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Scale School. I hope you found something valuable in today's episode. If you haven't already subscribed, go ahead and do that so you can be notified every time we drop future episodes. And if you and I have not already connected, feel free to track me down on any one of the social media platforms. My big head and smiling face are no doubt gonna be there. And you can just search my name, Dan Bolton, and we can connect there. But thank you again for tuning in and I'll see you in a future episode.